Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Swedberg and welcome to you. I'm excited to share this hour with you. We're going to talk today about how to increase your reach, whether you are a speaker who this is specifically geared toward, or to anyone else who wants to just expand your uh, reach through marketing or through whatever way uh, you can, this training is going to be so helpful for you. Our guest today is David Newman. He is a marketing expert, a professional speaker, and founder of Do It Marketing, a marketing strategy firm dedicated to mar- making thought-leading entrepreneurs and ex- executives more successful. And he's also the author of an Amazon number one bestseller, Do It Marketing, 77 Instant Action Ideas to Boost Sales, Maximize Profits, and Crush Your Competition. Welcome to you, David. Hey, Marnie. It's great to be here. There are a lot of great Davids in the world, I have to just tell you. I agree. That name has worked well for me. <laughs> and and I'm married to one. And then uh, awesome. I have three sisters. I have three sisters. And out of the three of us, or out of the four of us, three of us are married, and we are all married today. Wow, so, that's crazy! I know. So we say, you know, we tell our we tell time. our other sister, you know, you just can't get married until the right day comes along. You know, I mean, that's very nice. Is, you know. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I love I love your topic. I love what you do over at doitmarketing dot com, and you guys need to check that website out. There's all kinds of free resources over there, and you can get at David's book too over there, as well as you are a coach for people who are trying to market you. And you are yourself a public speaker, which makes you the perfect person to train speakers and other people on marketing. And we've got so much ground to cover here today. I want to just dive right in. But maybe I'll put you on the spot right off the bat here. What is maybe the one most important or one of the big lessons that you have learned in the last year that has helped your marketing go to the next level? Wow! So that is an on-the-spot question. I've got an on-the-spot yeah, yeah, answer. Sorry, and here you, you planned all this great content. Answer. I put you on the spot. No, no, it's great. <laughs> well, I think you know a lot of us, as whether we're a speaker or a consultant or an independent professional or a solopreneur, there is a mix. When we talk about marketing and sales, there's a mix between hunting and farming, and just like any kind of agricultural ecosystem. If you hunt too much but you don't farm enough, that's a problem. If you farm too much but you don't hunt enough, that's a problem. So I think we need to balance our marketing activity with our selling activity. And Marnie, in my experience, you know, entrepreneurs fall into one of two categories. There are people who love to market and hate the selling part, and there's people who are pretty good at the selling part and they love the selling part and they hate to market. So you have to do both because one is, uh, you know, one is sort of an inbound strategy and one is an outbound strategy, and you have to have them in balance so that you can attract uh, more leads and better prospects and bigger sales and avoid the feast or famine revenue cycle that so many small business owners experience. Hmm. Wow. Well, if that's all you guys get today, nice to have you here. And yeah, the call's <laughs> over. Thanks, Marnie. See you later. Bye-bye. We're oh, done. No, 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 no. Actually, uh, let's go ahead and dive right <laughs> in then to the four levels of marketing because we want to also have time for the selling concept here too. But, but when we think about marketing, there's different levels of activity and participation that people can be involved in. 
Very much so. And I think this is a big source of confusion and overwhelm, uh, especially for solo business owners, you know, small and solo business owners, uh, professional service providers. If we are the cook, chief, bottle washer, we're the IT guy, we're payroll, we're service delivery, we're marketing, we're sales, uh, it feels like we have a million different marketing jobs. So let me unpack the four levels of marketing that will help to clarify sort of what's what and then what to focus on at each of these four levels. So the four levels are strategy, tactics, initiatives, and action steps. And I would say that the number one source of overwhelm is when we get confused, when we ourselves get confused about what's a strategy, what's a tactic, what's an initiative, and what's an action step, kind of what comes first, cart before the horse, tactics before strategy, strategy before tactics, strategy with no calendar attached to it, for example. So let me spend just two minutes unpacking this, um, because I think if people really want to clarify their business and start to get some forward movement and some traction, this is really, really important. So let's talk about level one, which is strategy. Now, a strategy is a big picture area of your business. It could be a marketing-focused strategy. It could be a sales-focused strategy. It could be a financial strategy. Let's take a quick example here, and then we'll back this up with some – we'll sort of backfill this with some other examples. So let's say you come across someone. You're on one of Marnie's teleseminars. You're listening to some guru at some conference, and whoever this expert is, they tell you Twitter – is an amazing marketing platform. Boy, if you want to take your business seriously, you are you have to be on Twitter. You are totally missing out if your business is not on Twitter. This guy or gal is just Twitter, 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 and this person is using it. It fits his business beautifully, and you respect this person. You respect their success. You go, man, I got to get on Twitter. I went to this conference. I heard this teleseminar. Twitter is the path. Right, So then let's back that up. Let's back that up and analyze that as far as the four levels of marketing. The strategy, right, level one, is Internet marketing. So Internet marketing is the big giant umbrella over Twitter that if we're going to look at Twitter, we have a clean slate, clean legal pen in front of you. You say, okay, to what extent am I going to use an Internet marketing strategy in the marketing and sales process and, and business development? If you decide Internet marketing is one of your strategies, then the tactic under that, level two, the tactic under that would be social media. Obviously, there's a lot going on via the Internet that's not social media. For example, search engine optimization, what's going on on your website, the structure of your web presence, blogging, email marketing. There's dozens of Internet marketing uh, strategies. Now, social media happens to be one bucket under that. So social media is the tactic. The initiative, right, level three is the initiative, is I'm going to start using Twitter. So this is level three now. I'm going to start using Twitter. I'm going to start understanding it. I might read a book. I might go to some websites. I might go to grab a copy of Twitter 101 or using Twitter for Business or all those fabulous free resources that are out there uh, at no cost. And you say to yourself, I'm going to become educated on that on that initiative. Now, the action step, here's level four, the action step always takes the form of verb, noun, date. So an example would be, set up my Twitter account by next Wednesday. Set up is the verb, my Twitter account is the noun, by next Wednesday is the date. 
right? Here's another one along the same tactic. Load my first 30 tweets into Hootsuite by Friday. Load is the verb. First 30 tweets that you'd like to automate and time release, right, into Hootsuite by when? By Friday, right? Third action step under here, find 100 influential people to follow in my industry by Monday. So those are the action steps. The action steps, you know you have an action step when it can go on your calendar. So it really takes it down to the level of what am I doing today? What's on my priority to-do list today? Not what's on my to-do list, because your to-do list could be 50 things. But what are my top three most important things that I need to do based on the strategies I've selected up at level one, based on the tactics that I've chosen at level two, based on the initiatives that I've designed for myself, level three, what are the action steps on level four that I can put on my calendar so I can get it done? And that you take that with everything that you're doing in your business, and everything becomes clear, the overwhelm goes away, and you're on your way. Wow. Wow. Okay. I just want to... I just want to say again, okay, if that's all you guys got out of this whole program, then you're good to go. And in fact, I'm, I, I want to tell you, David, that our, our switchboards are just full. There are so many people here for this program today. And you guys that are listening, if you would just right now go ahead and you know, click click the like at Facebook or the thing at G Plus or whatever you like to do there and let other people know that this is going on so they can take advantage of this too. David, what you're sharing with us is so powerful. Is it possible that uh, most most of us fail in um, one specific one of these locations or is it kind of across the board people kind of drop the ball at any of the four? Well, no, that's a great question, and the answer is yes, actually. I think most people jump to tactics right away. And, and so, you know, the problem with jumping into tactics right away, tactics are in the middle, aren't they? Right? So, so you don't know what the strategy is, you don't know what the initiatives are, right, which is higher-level stuff, and you don't know what the action steps are to operationalize the tactic, so you're kind of stuck in the middle. And you're like, okay, well, gosh, I've got to start blogging. I don't have a blogging strategy. I can't calendarize my blogging action steps because I haven't broken it down. I haven't thought it through, right? Same thing with email marketing. Same thing with in-person networking. Same thing with your showcase speaking strategy. Same thing with your article marketing or article publishing. So if all we have is the tactic, do this and then do that and then do this third thing and then do this fourth thing. This is why business owners and speakers and consultants and authors and experts, they feel they have a million marketing jobs because everyone's focused on that tactic level. If you And so here's the beauty of a strategy. A strategy not only tells you what to do, it tells you the small, finite number of things that you want to act on and put on your calendar. Having a strategy also separates out the things that you should not be doing the things that you should not waste your time on, the areas where you should not invest your time, money, effort, energy, creativity, resources, bandwidth, etc., etc. So if you have a strategy, a strategy by its definition is here's what we are doing, here's where we are going, and by its very nature, it excludes things that we're not doing. It disqualifies places that we're not going. So you know, think about your email inbox. 
And Marty, I know that you're very big into, you know, the whole information marketing and, you know, you as a speaker, you as a thought leader, uh, you as a teacher and a trainer. So we, because we're, we're sort of in this industry, right? We're in the information marketing expert industry, so to speak. We get inundated, and I'm sure that, that listeners get inundated with all these offers. Here's this new social media platform. Here's this new service. Here's this new product. Here's this new program. If you don't have a strategy, all of those tactics look good. If you do have a strategy, delete, delete, delete. Oh, wait a second. This one might be good for me. Delete, 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 delete. Oh, this one might fit into what I'd like to do. But not every tactic sounds like a great tactic. But how many people do we talk to? It's like, oh, well, you know, should I do this? Should I advertise here? Should I buy this software? Should I go to this boot camp? Should I learn this tool? Should I go do – no, no, you shouldn't. And there's a whole bunch of people that you know want to work with me. I say, you know what? You're not ready. You're <laughs> you know, working with me would be another shiny object and another tactic, but you don't have a game plan. And you know, so you know, let's kind of back up the truck here. What are you trying to accomplish? What's the strategy? What's the end game? What's the empire that you're building? And when I work with people on that level, I focus on three things. I say, what's your business model? What's your revenue model? And what's your service model? So what's on your menu? You know, let's map out your empire. What are all the investable opportunities of ways that people can participate in your expertise? Maybe it's buying your $10 book. Maybe it's enrolling in your $10,000 coaching program. Maybe it's a whole series of things in between. But if you don't know, if you don't know what's on your menu, you're going to have a very hard time running the restaurant. That's so great. And then and then to move to tactics, that's to kind of consider the options. Is that correct at the tactics level? Yes, correct, correct. And so tactics without strategy, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, there's a fortune cookie kind of saying about strategy without tactics is daydreaming. Tactics without strategy is a nightmare. <laughs> and that is so true. I mean, you know, you're laughing just like I laugh. I, 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 I hear that laugh of self-recognition. Because I know you used to be there, I used to be there. Man, we all used to be there, right? It's like, oh, when we're starting our business, every tactic looks good and shiny, shiny, wonderful, wonderful. Buy this, buy that, overspend, overbuy, you know, throw money at problems. It doesn't work, folks. It doesn't work. As much as Mar- you know, Marnie would love you to throw money at some things, I'd love you to throw money at some things. It doesn't make sense for everybody. So if you're in the right place at the right time with the right strategy, you'll suddenly know where to place your bets. You'll know what to invest in. You'll know what to buy. More importantly, you'll know what not to buy. Hmm. And when you're working with people at the tactics level, what does that look like? Well, that's really operationalizing their game plan. At that point, the good news is it's easy. I mean, it's really easy because um, we're we're focused. We're targeted. We We know what problems we solve. We know what kinds of people or organizations or groups we solve those problems for, and everything becomes much more rifle and much less shotgun, to use kind of a violent, uh, you know, gun analogy. But but you know, it's laser focused versus what most people do, at least early on or even mid-career, is they do spray and pray. They say, well, everyone can use my product, everyone can use my services, everyone can use my speaking topic, everyone can use what my information product. Well, you know what? That's not true. If, er- if everyone can use it, that means nobody can use it. Uh, if everyone needs it, that means nobody needs it. There's going to be a group 
there's going to be a group that you resonate with that needs it the most. And they've got the urgent, pervasive, expensive problems, and they have the, uh, the capability and the willingness and the desire to invest money in it. Invest money, invest time, um, and, and you know, bring in outside help. I mean, let's face it, anytime any of us gets hired, and I don't care if this is for speaking or training or coaching or consulting or our professional services, whatever we do, IT consulting, HR consulting, performance management consulting, whatever it might be. If they were happy with the status quo, if they wanted the same old crap, the same old way with the same old people and the same old nonsense, they would not have brought you in. They would not be talking to you. You would not be having a marketing conversation with someone because, trust me, these people, they're, they're not lonely. You know, it's not like, oh, let's bring Marty in just to have someone to talk to. I mean, she looks like a nice person. Let's bring her in for a cup of coffee. I mean, we don't have any problems here. We don't have anything that she could help us with. But, you know, let's have a cup of tea and see what happens. That's not what they're thinking. The reason they brought you in, the reason they bring any of us in, the reason they talk to us, the reason they answer our calls and our emails, and the reason they'll take a meeting is because they're hurting. So you need to find the folks that have the heartaches, the headaches, and the gaps that you are brilliant at filling and solving and improving, that is a laser-focused marketing strategy. Under that, the tactics, the initiatives, the action steps are easy because now you know where you're going and you know why and you know what to say and how to say it. You know what to do and how to do it. So it's a very long-winded answer to your question, Marnie, but once we get down to the, the tactics level, everything should be easy. Unlike when you're not focused, Tactics are, are what keeps you stuck and keeps you spinning your wheels. Absolutely, and I love how you said how you said that. That it gets so much easier once you have a clear mission or vision. Once you have the strategy, then the rest of the steps fall into place. And everybody always panics about the action steps, but the reality is, when you're only doing those things that are directly affecting your goals, the action steps aren't overwhelming. Exactly. It's because we're taking on the whole world at one time that the action steps become overwhelming. That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the five inbound and outbound marketing strategies. Well, yeah, and this is, again, meant to diffuse the overwhelm and help people really get their arms around what they want to do when it comes to marketing and selling um, their services. Speaking services, consulting, training, again, this applies across the board. So there, there are only 10. There's only 10 menu options available to you, 10 strategies, period. If you can think of another one, I, I will send you a free signed book. <laughs> but there's only 10 in my world. Uh, there's five outbound marketing strategies, and there's five inbound marketing strategies. So let me kind of work through these, and then your job, even though I'm saying there's 10, your job is going to be to pick two or three maximum. We'll talk about why a little bit later in the call. So the five outbound strategies are, number one, the telephone. Now, I don't mean telemarketing. I don't mean hiring a telemarketing company. I don't mean doing batch and blast, goofball cold calling, although some people do that, and it's very frustrating. I mean simply picking up the phone and using the phone. You can use the phone to talk to someone who already knows you and loves you. You can use the phone to generate referrals. You can use the phone to qualify or disqualify prospects, but telephone is one strategy. Direct mail is another strategy, so postcards, sales letters, any kind of hard copy thing you would send in the mail. Number three is advertising. 
So ads, uh, you know, ads in magazines, ads in trade and industry publications, online ads, offline ads, advertising, uh, ads in various directories and, and listings and so forth. Uh, fourth strategy is trade shows and events. Fifth strategy is publicity and pu public relations. So press releases, media interviews, etc. That's it. Those are the five outbound strategies. One is telemarketing. Two is direct mail. Three is advertising. Four is trade shows and events. Five is public relations. So those are all things that you need to send out to the outside world. You need to take some outbound activity to operationalize those strategies. There's also five inbound strategies. And the five inbound strategies to complete your set of ten uh, number one, speaking, and I mean speaking as a lead generator, not so much speaking as a revenue generator, but, you know, God bless you if you can do both at once. That's the best kind of speaking. Um, so speaking at chambers, speaking at trade and professional associations, speaking at various uh, affinity groups of your target market, uh, speaking to showcase your expertise. Uh, number two is publishing. This can range anything from short articles to 250-page books and everything in between. So white papers, e-books, special reports, the whole publishing spectrum. Number three is internet marketing is an inbound strategy. This includes things like your search engine optimization, your content marketing, your social media, what you're doing on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of that is the internet marketing category. Number four is referral marketing. So having referral partners, having referral relationships, uh, number five is personal networking. So going out, pressing the flesh, meeting new people, connecting with people over breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, drinks, etc. So those are the five inbound strategies. Just to review, number one is speaking. Number two is publishing. Number three is the entire world of Internet marketing. Number four is referral generation and referral marketing. Number five is in-person live networking. Um, or, or Skype or phone or any kind of networking. So those are the 10. Now, I've laid out 10. People go, oh, I'm already overwhelmed. Marty, I'm, 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 I'm already confused. Well, what was number three in category one? What was number four in category two? Forget about it. There's 10 of them. Your job is to pick three. And now three I can hear, of all I, I can hear people three out of each No, no, pick three total. Three total. Three total? Three out of 10. Three out of ten. And people are saying, well, gee, David, Marnie, how do I pick? And I'm going to tell you how to pick. Here's your, here's your filter. Here, here's your litmus test. You need to pick the three that you personally find easy, effortless, and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And people go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This must be a trick. Mar mar marketing is not supposed to be fun. Marketing and selling and business, that's supposed to be hard. That's, that's, that's supposed to be, oh, I've got to grind it out. Got to make some cold calls. Got to, got to, you know, buy some ads. I hate that stuff. I'll tell you what, folks. If you hate the marketing activities that you've chosen for yourself, you're doing marketing the wrong way. And marketing you your business <laughs> needs to be fun. You need to wake up every day, happy or sad, rain or shine, like it or not. You need to wake up every day and look forward to marketing your business. Because if you don't, you know, it's a rainy day. You're feeling kind of sick. You're like, oh, man, I don't know. I've got to get up. I've got to, oh, I, 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 whew, 
I hate writing. I hate writing. I, I, I hate blogging, and I hate networking, but that's how I market my business. You're going to find a million reasons to stay in bed. You're going to just you know, close the door, put on the tea, you know, get the dog on the floor, and you are not going to leave your bedroom. You are not going to be out vigorously, consistently uh, marketing your business, attracting new clients, generating leads. You don't do any of that. If you find marketing activity, if you choose for yourself marketing activities that meet that triple E criteria, easy, effortless, and enjoyable, you will want to get out of bed. You will look forward to the marketing activities. So the mantra is, if you love writing strategies, use writing strategies. If you love speaking strategies, use speaking strategies. So in-person speaking, do what Marnie does here, like do these teleseminars, interview people, interview your prospects. Don't just interview experts, interview the executives or the meeting planners or the association people or the nonprofit people who are your target prospects. It's a completely non-threatening approach. You're doing research because you're a thought leader and you're building relationships with people who can hire you. So if you love those kind of speaking, interviewing strategies, use that for your marketing. If you love video, use video strategies. If you love pressing the flash, networking, and schmoozing, use networking and schmoozing strategies. But pick three, three, not, not five, not seven, not all ten. Pick three, calendarize them using the four-level kind of system that we just laid out for you. Get them on your calendar and then start working your plan. People that do this, Marnie, it's amazing. People say, oh, my, I'm, I'm doing seven things right now, and I'm working like 90 hours a week, and I'm going crazy. They start doing less marketing. They start throwing out the tasks that they find difficult, unpleasant, and gross. They start, they start with a smaller number, a vastly smaller number of tasks that they find easy, effortless, and enjoyable, and their results go up. Their results go up. See, it's I just, just that knew simple. You. So I you will get you'll get better results by doing less marketing, not more. I knew I loved you even before we had you on the show. <laughs> well, I'm and I think I, I think I found your I think I found your site. I don't know, a couple maybe I don't even maybe even five years ago or whatever. And I'm kind of following you and watching what you do and love what you do. But this what you've just shared with us it it, it taps into two of the things that I am just a huge fan of. Number one is that everybody's completely unique. And if we ignore that fact when we're trying to live out our mission and vision, our strategy, we just will be running into the wall all the time. And you just gave people, everybody, you gave us permission here to say, I really hate whatever, cold call or whatever. Mm -hmm. I really hate that. I don't have to do that. I wasn't built to do that. And I, I just love that. Secondly, by by giving us permission to then uh, focus on these things, you know, all of us, I'm sure, can already see where that's going to simplify our lives, where we'll have enough energy and resources to actually do those three things well. What's the number one objection you get from people when you say pick only three? Uh, well, so great question, and it goes back to the tactic-itis that I talked about earlier, because remember, these are folks that are doing eight, nine, or ten. And I say pick three, and, and usually folks can pick three. They say, well, you know, I, I love writing, so I'm going to rededicate myself to my blog. Uh, I love referrals, and I've got a big network, so I'm, I'm going to do referrals. And then we pick the three, and then they, they, they look at the three, 
very short little list, and they go, oh, you know, but I tried blogging about six months ago, and it didn't work. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, I, I posted probably, you know, five, six blogs, and it didn't bring in a shred of business. And I said, well, you posted five, six blogs over what period of time? They said, well, you know, about a month. I said, so let me get this straight. You, you tried a marketing strategy for one month, and then you set it aside and said, well, that doesn't work. And then they go, yeah. I said, well, you know, that's not, that's not a strategy. That is dipping your toe in the water and then jumping right out again. Or they'll say, you know, I, I tried to build a, a, a referral network, and so-and-so wouldn't return my call. One person wouldn't return my call. I said, really? How often did you call them or, or try and reach out to them? Well, I, I left one phone message, and they didn't return your call. So networking obviously is not going to work for you. Okay. Uh, and so I have conversations like this all the time. That, you know, if you, cause here's the, the challenge with doing all ten things at once like most of us do. If you do ten things an inch deep, I agree with you. None of them are going to work. If you dedicate yourself and you lean in, you lean in and commit to the three, you are, you are blogging, you know, not once a month. You're blogging twice a week. You're guest blogging. You're guest posting. You're leaving comments. If you're a dedicated – if you're saying, I'm going to develop my primary strategy is going to be content marketing, blogging, articles – ebooks I'm going to be a content machine and I'm going to do two or three things that tap into my love of the written word and the love of articulating my ideas on paper you're going to do a whole host of things that are in line with that that you'll be able to do quickly and effectively that you look forward to doing but you're not going to do it for a month and then give up you're not going to do it for 90 days and then give up you're going to do it day after day, week after week, month after month, and you will get results. Let me give you a quick example. I mean, I've, I've taught this to a lot of clients, but I'm also eating my own dog food, as you were kind enough to mention that, you know, I'm doing this myself. So it's not like I'm sitting in some ivory tower going, yeah, I think this will work. So last year, uh, I was blogging whenever. And I, I love writing. I love writing. I love blogging. That's where this new book came from because clearly I love to write. And I'm fortunate that I'm aware that I love to write. And, oh, this is something that really works well for me. So I, I was kind of blogging whenever. I, I, I would go three weeks with no blog, and then I would blog twice. I'd blog on a Thursday and a Friday, like right back to back. I was like, eh, yeah. January of this year, I made a commitment to blog every single weekday. So I'm blogging now five days a week, Monday through Friday, since January. We are re recording this call, obviously, uh, in mid-May, May 23rd. Uh, I have kept my commitment. I have blogged every single weekday between January 1 and today. Here's the metrics. Last year, uh, on my website, I was generating between five and 6,000 visits a month. Since I started blogging every weekday, and it didn't happen overnight, but it happened in January, just gradually sort of ramped up very, very quickly, I now get uh, between 10 and 12,000 visits. So my website traffic went up, my leads went up, the people, so as far as list building, if list building and email marketing is important to you, which it should be, and you know it is for most people, um, I, I would get between 60 and 80 leads a month last year 
this year, not only because of the blogging, but because some of the partnerships and some of the other collaborative things I'm doing, I'm getting three or four hundred new email names per month. And again, this isn't magic, and you know, and and so uh, one of the blogging strategies. I'm kind of digging into a sort of a tactic here, even an action step, maybe, but that's okay. I recommend to people if you're really committed to blogging, the key to any kind of good marketing strategy, and this applies to blogging, of course, as well, is four words. The four words is offer value, invite engagement. In a blog, offer value is have meaty, specific, actionable blog posts. And if people want to check out my blog, it's doitmarketing.com slash blog. And you can, you can double-check my honesty here because you'll see I did blog every weekday since January 1. <laughs> um, just, you know, be, hey, you know, i got to have full transparency here. It's like, well, he didn't blog since February. Um, so so it's, uh, it's very, very important that you offer value in the blog post and then invite engagement. Invite engagement can be as simple as ending your blog post with, the four magic words. What do you think? What do you think? So most of my blogs end with the question, what do you think? Please use the comments area below to share your advice, insights, and recommendations on this topic. And let's discuss, dot, dot, dot. So invite engagement. Now, I, when I give this advice to my clients, they go, well, I would feel dumb doing that. And I say, what? Why? Why would you feel dumb doing that? And they say, well, what if no one comments? What if I invite the engagement and no one leaves a comment? I say, well, how many people are leaving a comment now? They say, nobody. I've got a blog with no traffic, no inbound links, no comments, no nothing. I said, well, so I would say you got nothing to lose by trying this, right? And when I first tried it, I'd have blogs out there that have no comments. No retweets. I mean, so the problem, of course, is little social media sharing buttons, right? Imagine you go to a blog, zero retweets, zero Facebook likes, zero shares on LinkedIn, zero pluses on Google+, Plus, zero, 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 zero. I used to be there. In fact, there's still blogs that I have from, from years ago and even some recent ones that are just a wasteland. Like, that didn't resonate. People didn't retweet that. Then I have other ones where I've got three, 400 retweets, I've got 25, 30 Facebook likes, I've got 28, 30, 40 um, uh, links on LinkedIn. And you can tell because, you know, the little widgets kind of show you the number right there. You know, 17 pluses on Google+. That doesn't happen overnight. That happens with the first person leaving a comment. That happens with the first retweet. That happens with the first person saying, this is pretty good stuff. Let me put it out there to my network on LinkedIn. So, you're, you know, you're, you're going to start with zeros and ones and twos. But if you don't start with zeros and ones and twos, you're never going to get to the 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, 300s. You know, I'm lucky that a handful of my blog posts really took off like crazy. You know, this is like the old Michael Jordan quote. I'm going to get all motivational on people now. Michael Jordan says, I have missed, I have missed the most baskets in the NBA back when he was playing. Uh, I missed the most baskets. Do you know why? Because I took the most shots. I took the most shots. I scored the most points, but I also missed the most baskets. So you got to take the shots. You know, so in my world, blogging every weekday, I'm taking a lot of shots. And believe me, some of them miss. You know, if, if, <laughs> if you're on the blog now, you may be looking at a couple that, depending on where you're looking, uh, you may be looking at some misses. 
and you may be looking at some very big hits because you know you kind of put it out there. Some of your content, some of your ideas, some of your thought leadership is going to resonate, and some is not. Don't feel dumb because one particular blog has no comment or when you first start committing to this strategy. And again, I'm using blogging as an example in my world. Same thing. Gosh, I'm, you know, I'm, using, uh, I'm using referrals, and I'm just getting referred to losers. So referral marketing doesn't work. You know, tweak it, tune it, stick with it. Adjust the dials on any of these strategies. Gradually, you will organically start doing more of what's working, and you will organically stop doing the things that are not working or not generating results. But my advice, I implore you, and Marnie implores you, and everyone who knows anything about marketing and sales and business development, you've got to stay in the game. So adjust your game plan, but you've got to stay in the game, and don't throw in the towel and go, well, that doesn't work. You know, every strategy works. Here's the aha moment. Every strategy works. Not every strategy is going to work for you. But er believe me, every strategy works. You take any of these ten and there's multi-million dollar businesses that are being built and are growing today based on, primarily based on one of these ten. So don't say that oh, the phone doesn't work. Oh, blogging doesn't work. Um, uh, you know, in-person networking, that doesn't work. Um, you know, Internet marketing, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, search engine optimization, that doesn't work. Well, yeah, it does. It might not work for you. But part of your job is as CEO of your business, of your speaking business, coaching business, training business, whatever, and I, I want to encourage everyone to start thinking like a CEO, uh, you're the CEO of your business. And I, I work with a lot of speakers, obviously, and this is how Marnie and I you know, initially got connected, is that you know, speaker to speaker, um, a lot of speakers think of themselves as speakers. When I work with folks, I say, no, no, you are the CEO of a business whose main service happens to be speaking services or training or consulting or coaching or whatever it is that you do, but you need to have a business owner mindset. A business owner would never let their business continue pursuing a strategy that is proven ineffective, difficult, broken, too expensive, waste of time and money, black hole of energy. Right? A CEO would, be, would say, you know what? We're, we're going to stop doing that. <laughs> we're going to stop bleeding resources on that strategy we're going to reconfigure the game plan, and we're going to go do something else. And we're going to stick with it. We're going to measure it. And the other thing about Do It Marketing, by the way, I need to give the folks this acronym. Uh, do It Marketing, I make a little bit of a point in this in the book, but it's not anywhere else more prominently. It's an acronym. And the four steps of the acronym are define. So define what you want to do. Define what you want to accomplish. Define the strategy. Define the end point. Define your target market. Define. Organize implement and track. Define, organize, implement, and track. D-O-I-T. So if you define, organize, implement, and track your marketing activities, that's what's going to put you in that CEO chair. That's what's going to help you make better strategic decisions, not as a speaker, not as a coach, not as a consultant, not as a professional service provider, as the CEO of your professional services business. The define, organize, implement, and track strategy will show you very, very clearly what's working for you and what's not, what you should increase the activity and the investment on, and what you should reduce or stop the activity and the investment on. And that's, that mindset will take you miles ahead of where you are today. Awesome. So wonderful. I want to 
I want to swing back because we kind of went all the way around the block there with um, telling people don't don't just quit after a few minutes, you know. But also the the flip side of that is don't stick with it for too long if it's not working. So I was thinking as you were talking of a couple illustrations um, when I started WomenSpeakers.com. That was 2002. Uh, I I just I had one speaker, me. <laughs> and then now it has 1,700 speakers. You know, I mean, over wow. 1,700. So, you know, I mean, things take time. They grow. Uh, another one is in 2009, I started my Blog Talk Radio show, which we're on today, with, you know, basically no listeners, my mom maybe. And, uh, you know, then over time, now we're at listenership over 100,000, which is awesome. Uh, you know, just developed over time and consistency. I, what you said about consistency is Huge, just absolutely huge. And then uh, now I'm just starting a new one, and it's called uh, 21 Day Wins, and that's 21daywins.com, where I help people. Actually, I help you do one of three things in 21 days as a group coaching. Uh, We help you either make a plan or complete a project, part of that plan, or exchange out a habit. And so in 21 days uh, with this group coaching program, we can do that. Now, I started with one client. And it just, I, I laughed out loud. I was telling my kids, I was, I was laughing because I said, you know, my very first client was from Australia. So, see, I've already gone international. And part of it is how you just talk to yourself about this. When you get one comment on your blog or when you get one person who takes you up on an offer that you've made over the phone or whatever, just really celebrate that because it is truly a sign of things to come. But then it has to grow from there. If you keep getting one, 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 one for months, that's a problem. So how do, how do people actually, when you, when you teach people the tracking method, what, what are some of the tips that you have there for them? Well, there's a handful of things that you can track. Uh, and I love what you said, by the way. I mean, this is, this is a huge point. That first blog comment, even that first retweet, that first Facebook like, that's an awesome day, my friends. That is an awesome, awesome day. <laughs> so do not say, oh, I just got one retweet. Say, hey, how, how many retweets have you had for the last six months? Zero. That one day that you get that first retweet, that first blog comment, that first inbound link, that is an awesome, awesome day, and so you should totally celebrate that. I, I love what you're saying about that. Um, and it does start with one. It, tell you, it starts with, you know, and people look up, you know, people look into a time machine. I'm, I'm going to answer your question here in a second about the tracking, <laughs> but, but now, now you got me going in a whole different direction. People look into a time machine. They look up at these folks who are, you know, years ahead of where they are. This is like when we look up at the stars, we look up at the night sky, and you see the stars burning brightly, and you don't realize that we're looking 10,000 years into the past, that that star could be dead, that star could be finished, but, but the light, it took 10,000 years for that light to get here, so we're, we're looking into the past. When we look at ourselves compared to the gurus in whatever industry you're in, you're like, oh, man, I'm never going to make it. I'm just, it's hopeless. I'm, I'm never going to be as big as so-and-so. And that's, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because, number one, that's not true. And, and number two, more importantly, so-and-so didn't get there overnight either. So, so, you know, stop comparing yourself to all these gurus and people that have all this perceived success and, oh, they're miles ahead of you. If you were to grab them in the hallway – of a, a, a convention or a meeting or you ran into them at a conference, you'd realize that, man, they are in humble shoes and they are, you know, if anything, uh, they consider themselves 30 seconds, 
30 seconds ahead of you. You know, you might look at them as, oh, man, that guy's 5,000 miles ahead of me. Uh, believe me, that guy or gal, they have their struggles. They're wrestling with, you know, stuff that they're working on. So none of us has it figured out. If you come across some guru, some consultant, some speaker, some expert that tells you, oh, I have it all figured out, here's the plan, run, run the other way. Because all the folks I know, and Marnie, this includes you, and I hope it includes me, we're always focused on getting better. We never think that we've arrived. We never think that we've got it all figured out. We never think that we're smarter than anybody. We may know different things. But I never position myself above anybody because you've got to take your ego out of it. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is to answer your tracking question. So what kinds of things should people track to see kind of how it's going? Well, the first thing I would track, I would track your conversations. Marketing conversations, non-marketing conversations, business conversations. It could be a referral. It could be an influencer. It could be uh, a formal kind of marketing meeting, prospecting meeting. It could just be having coffee with a new networking friend who, you know, you're trying to figure out how to help each other. So I would totally track conversations. The second thing I, I, I would track is I would look at your content. How much content are you putting out in your preferred channel, in your preferred way, so if you're, if you're committed to blogging, how many blogs are you doing? If you're committed to video, how much video are you doing? If you're committed to podcasting, how much podcasting are you doing? If you're committing to articles in hard copy publications, how many articles are you submitting? How many relationships are you building with editors and publishers and communications people in the associations that you want to reach? So you totally have to measure the content that you're putting out. Third thing I would measure is conversion. So when you have content, when you have a conversation, that might lead to a conversion where now you're going from a marketing conversation to a sales conversation. People raise their hand and say, hey, that sounds pretty good. I want to buy that speech. I want to buy that training program. I want you to be my coach. I want you to come and train our team. I want you to come and facilitate our retreat or our conference. So as you're putting out the content, Pay attention, track how many opportunities are being generated, and then how many of those are converting into sales conversations. And then the last thing I would track, and this sounds cold and it sounds harsh, but I know way too many people who are just great people and they're broke, I would, I would track your cash. I would track your cash. I just went, I spoke to a group in, um, oh, in Atlanta, and um, – there was a chiropractor. I was kind of chatting on the break with someone. He's a chiropractor. And he's looking at you know adding speaking and consulting and things to his uh, arsenal and his his business model. And I said, well, here's here's a chiropractor. It's a room full of speakers and consultants and independent professionals. I said, in the chiropractic business, you rent some space, you hire a team, you buy all this equipment. How many how many months is it okay for you? to have zero patients and zero revenue. And the guy started laughing. He says, well, you know, we're, we're kind of trained to get patients on day one, and we've got to fill the calendar on day one. Speakers, for some reason, speakers, consultants, coaches, kind of we're all in the same boat with this. We find it somehow, we find it okay not to make money in this business. And I find that a huge, huge problem. So I'm, I'm here to tell you, you know, I, I love what you're doing. I, I believe in your talents and your skills and your gifts. It is not okay 
to not make money in this business, just like it would not be okay to open a cupcake shop on the corner and have no customers and not sell a single cupcake for a month or for two months or for six months or for nine months. It's not okay to open a chiropractic practice and have no patients for three months, six months, eight months, 12 months, 15 months. People say, well, I'm just getting going. I'm just getting ready to get ready. You know, I'm not really established yet. I haven't written my book. I don't have my credentials. I don't have the letters after my name. I don't have a PhD. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the third thing. Here's the news flash, folks. There are people who are less competent, less capable, less authentic, less, have less integrity, have less intelligence, and they're making a lot more money than you because they're not letting those things that they don't have get in the way of their financial success. So I'm getting all motivational here. I'm getting all excited. This is hugely important. We, we have this self-limiting belief, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. I'm just starting out. I, you know, I'm, I'm just starting out after you know, I've had 25 years of experience in some other field, but as a speaker, as a consultant, as a coach, as an independent brand, I, I just started last year. Well, don't charge like I'm just starting last year. Charge like I did 25 years of preparation. Now I'm ready to make some serious money on day one. So it is not okay not to make money. You must track your cash. You must track your revenue. And you have to have a sense of urgency about getting paying clients in the door, whatever your business is. Don't make it okay to say, well, yeah, we'll go six months. I got a cushion. You have no cushion, folks. You have no cushion because if you think you have a cushion, you're sliding, you're sliding backwards. Mm, interesting. Let's go back and just uh, in like five minutes or so, uh, share the difference between marketing and sales. I think marketing is everything to, to everything that happens before having a conversation, having a buying conversation. So I, I also like to redefine sales as, you know, you're not doing the sales process to someone. You're facilitating a buying conversation. So, again, let's go back to the mantra of marketing. Offer value, invite engagement. When people take you up on that invitation and then they say, hey, you know, I think I'd like to buy something from you. Product, a program, a keynote, a seminar, a service, a training, a coaching, a, you know, whatever it is, um, at that point you're in the sales process. So as, as a small business, micro business owner, sometimes we have marketing conversations that become sales conversations right there, right then on the spot. Sometimes you're having a sales conversation. You realize they don't qualify. They're not ready. They don't have the budget. They don't have the right sort of demographic, psychographic profile. A sales conversation could then sort of downshift into a marketing conversation. So we have to be fluid. We have to be fluid in navigating both. So a sales conversation is really directed towards a decision. And the decision is, do I buy it or not? Do I give you a check or not? A marketing conversation is more about how could I use this? What's it going to do for me? How can I refer this to other people? How do I get to know more about what you do so that I can sell it internally to my company, so that I can start to refer you, so that I can start to network and tell people about what you do. It's not a direct sale. It's not a check in play. It's not money in play, uh, whereas a sales conversation is money in play. You know, In a sales conversation, you're asking, hey, how does it work? How much does it cost? What do I get? Is there a payment plan? You know, can you give me some reference? All of those things 
are part of the sales conversation. Uh, a marketing conversation is more about the value, the outcome, the destination, the why behind uh, you know, the product or program or service, uh, and it's enrolling people. So it's really enrolling people. Uh, once you're done with the enrollment process, they go, hey, you know, do you want some? Is this, is this something that you want to move forward with? Does this make sense? As soon as you ask that kind of pivotal question, you're now, you're now kind of closing the sale. Uh, and again, there's giant big corporations that have thousands of people in a marketing department and thousands of other people in the sales department because their worlds are very different, and that's a very separate, very distinct process. In our world, it's incredibly fluid, and it can go moment to moment from a marketing conversation to a sales conversation or, or the other way. I have a question for you. Are you always marketing, or is there a stage even pre-marketing that would be like called relationship building or something? Oh, totally, totally. So, well, I mean, it, it, yes. So, the, yeah, yes and no. It's a boy. That's a fabulous question. Uh, I would say you're always you're always putting the right. Your goal should be even before you're formally quote unquote marketing. Your job is to put the right bait on the right hooks put the right hooks in the right lakes that have the right fish that you want to attract. <laughs> so are you always fishing? Yes. You know, do you always get a bite or a nibble? No. But, you know, are you, again, uh, uh, offer value, invite engagement. Are you always offering value? Yes. Online, offline, in person, electronically, in writing, in your blogs, in your books, and all your stuff. Offer value, offer value, offer value. Is there always an invitation to engage? Sign up for my blog, listen to my podcast, join my blog talk radio call, um, you know, sign up for this, engage in that. So there's a free level, there's a low-cost level. You know, we have our product ladder, our service ladder of low-cost, medium-cost, high-cost, super-premium-cost, sort of investable opportunities. Do you always have that in the back of your mind? Sure. I'm also a big believer, Marnie, in what I call happy meal marketing. Happy meal marketing is that the people that buy from us get a beautiful seven-course steak dinner. Even the people who don't buy from us should get a happy meal. So nobody leaves hungry. You can go to my blog absolutely free, never buy my book, never hear me speak, never hire me for anything. The blog and the free resources on my website will be a happy meal. I guarantee you they will solve your problem. They will add value, even what Marnie's doing. I mean, obviously these blog talk radio uh, conversations with me and, and hundreds of other people, right? Happy meal marketing. This is the happy meal. Do you want to hire Marnie as your speaker? Absolutely. Do you want to hire Marnie as your mentor and your coach? Absolutely. Do you have to to get value from her? No, you don't. This is the business model because, again, this is why we, we resonate so well with each other because you're, you're living the principles that I teach and I have in my book. So this right, is what we all need to model. So beautifully. <laughs> And you just said them all so beautifully. Um, the one thing I wanted to just uh, ask you, and I'll, I'll start by sharing my own, but I do have just like a standard where I can tell where I've become, uh, where I've gone kind of over the edge for myself and become salesy or become too marketing. It's when I start feeling inside that I may be, uh, by doing this particular action that I may be using someone, that I, I, I wouldn't have, maybe I wouldn't have, uh, put so many comments on their blog or something if I didn't think I could get something back out of them. And that's kind of, for me, the moment when I'm like, no, I'm going to follow the blogs that I resonate with, that I want to follow, and I'm going to let that be what it is. Uh, for me, that was one of the, the kind of a 
I don't know, a, a red light on my dash for me that helped me to differentiate between what's what's appropriate and what's maybe using somebody. What What is it for you? And everybody would have their own at their own level, but what is it for you, David? Well, you know, I don't – so that's, that's another great question, uh, another great point. I don't look at it as using people, uh, and maybe I'm just delusional. I guess there's a level of, of using people. Um, there's a great book out now, I think, called Give to Get. Is that the title of the book? Do you know the book I mean from the um, – uh, it's from the I, University of Pennsylvania Professor. I, I read it a while ago, so I don't know if it's the one you're talking I about. I think, yeah, boy, there's a new book. Anyway, he talks about giving as a strategy, giving as a success strategy, period. Uh, just give. And, and, you know, don't give to get. I mean, give to get is the title, I think, of the book. Um, it's about just having be, having a giver mindset. Right. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I have a blog post out there that I would love people to read. It's called Your Business Needs to Flop. Your Business Needs to <laughs> Flop. Flop is an acronym for Feature and Leverage Other People. Yeah. Feature and Leverage Other People. So I truly, you know, when, when people say, hey, well, you want to do a webinar with me? Do you want to do this? Can you help promote this? And I'll promote that. And, you know, you'll be on my podcast and I'll be on your podcast. I don't look at that as using people. I mean, I look at it right. as, you know, no, I don't connecting right. with yeah. people who you just truly enjoy and right. who may be able to help you, but more importantly, you may be able to help them. Uh, let me give you a quick example. I know, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but, but I'll give you a great example of someone who completely and totally did not need my help but asked for it for relationship-building reasons. So I have this fabulous book, the Do It Marketing book. I was getting testimonials for the back of the book. I think, well, who are, who are some of the thought leaders and the gurus that I really respect that I could ask for a favor who are much, much bigger than me, right? Again, I'm looking at 10,000 years in the future. I'm looking up at the celestial heavens going, wow, I, I'd love to get that star who's 10,000 years ahead of me to endorse my book. So I reach out to Marshall Goldsmith. And Marshall, Marshall Goldsmith is a fabulous human being. He was very kind. He immediately responded. He immediately looked at the book. Within days, I had his testimonial blurb, and it was great. Now, that was a give, right? Now, here's how emotionally intelligent this guy is. And he's really one of the rock stars and superstars out there in, in our business. He says, David, you know, thank you so much for inviting me to review your book. Would you do me a favor? He's like, well, Marshall Goldsmith, <laughs> sure, of course, I'll do you a favor. He says, could you jump on Amazon, and could you review one of my books, either the Mojo book or What Got You Here Won't Get You There? And I'm figuring, wow, gosh, Marshall Goldsmith, he, he must be low on reviews. He must have just you know, 30, 40 reviews, and he wants some more. <laughs> I go online. Both of these books have over 300 reviews. These books are like, you know, four and a half stars, five stars, all the way maxed out to the right-hand side of the stars. I was like, well, so let's think about this. Why would Marshall Goldsmith ask me to hook him up with a review? I'll tell you why. And this is, I'm purely, this is purely conjecture, but he wanted to make me feel important. He's right. like, you know what? You could help me. I helped you, obviously. You know, he didn't say that, but kind of the, the script in the head is. Yeah, I, I obviously helped you. I would love you to help me. So now it appears right? I'm reviewing his book. He's reviewing my book. He didn't have to do that. He didn't need my review. That's what masters do. That's what masters do. Be a master. Go visit 
doitmarketing.com. Thank you, Mr. David. Love it. Thanks, Marnie. Great to be here. Okay, you guys have a great day. Bye-bye.